Welcome to the Cedarville Stories podcast. Elizabeth is a sophomore majoring in broadcasting, and she has always loved story. Her latest story was awarded Best Documentary by Good News Productions International. Listen as Elizabeth shares on the Cedarville Stories podcast about her love of story. And with that said, let me welcome to this week's Cedarville Stories podcast, Elizabeth Colmar and Professor Sean O'Connor. Welcome to the podcast. Good to have you. Thanks for having us, Mark. Thank you very much. So one reason why I've been looking forward to today's program is because this program and a large part of my career is about telling stories. And that's what you guys are doing. And that's what you have done, Elizabeth, with your award-winning documentary. But before I get to the aspect of the podcast, Elizabeth, when did you first become aware of the importance of telling a good story? I'm not sure if I can pinpoint an exact moment. But looking back, there were a lot of stories that I consumed growing up. I loved books. I was a complete bookworm as like a small child. And then when I got older, it turned into movies and watching a lot of movies. And I think when you watch a lot of stories and read a lot of stories, you start to see the patterns of it. And so when it goes to telling a story, um, it's kind of similar in that you produce the story in a way that people want to consume. And it's and it's kind of a natural flow from one thing to another. Yeah. Um, and then... When I started making stories in the major, I think you start to see the importance of story above even the technology you use and how if you have a good story and terrible video quality, you can still attract an audience. Um, but if you have a really bad story but a great production value, which I think has even happened sometimes in the things that I make, you see the hit and you see that people are not interested in consuming it as much as like yeah. a really good story. So are those some lessons that you recently learned as a student at Cedarville, or what have you learned in classes with Professor O'Connor or other professors that help you understand what's important to tell a good story? Yeah, I think those are lessons that I did learn recently, and a lot of it kind of by failing and by finding out, oh, this doesn't work. This does. I wish in hindsight I would have done this differently, and that's been really helpful. Um, Professor O'Connor has given us a lot of different projects to work on, and so you get a lot of different opportunities um, to fail or to grow in your skills and to do things correctly. And it is sometimes trial and error. Yeah, that's life. So as I said, uh, this podcast is about telling stories. And since that's the theme, would you mind telling us your spiritual story and how and when you met Jesus? Growing up, I can't remember a salvation moment. I always just remember growing up thinking that I really wanted to love God and please him. And I knew that what he had done for me on the cross and that that was the reason I was a Christian and I was saved. But I think a big moment that propelled that forward was coming to Cedarville. And that was the first time really that it was just me on my own. Yeah. And that kind of upset things a lot. I remember being in Dr. Miller's class and him having us write a paper on Job. And he was like, Job was about God defining Job's relationship with him. And I remember really empathizing with that and saying, I think God is really defining my relationship here. And through that, I ended up talking to actually my D group leader, which is a discipleship group leader, right, if someone right. doesn't know, and ended up going to her D group, which is where I met actually Aubrey, where I did the story. So it's been okay. really cool to see God orchestrate everything in my life Neat. and see it all come together and then also have a lot of growth through it, even though there were a lot of moments that were not fun last year, or I guess a lot of moments that weren't fun freshman year. It was also neat to see how God's been able to use it this year yeah. to influence people with the stories that I've told or just the way I can tell how God's worked in my life and encourage them if yeah. they're going through something similar. Yeah. It's fair to say Cedarville's had a big impact in your life, not just 
yeah. academically, but spiritually. So how did you find Cedarville being from central Pennsylvania, close to what, Virginia actually, right? Yeah, like south central Pennsylvania, right. pretty close to Maryland border. Maryland, okay. Yeah. So that goes back to my brother, my older brother looking for a college, actually. He was looking for either animation or computer science, and he wanted a Christian college. There's some other Christian colleges we looked at, but Cedarville really stood out that, wow, Cedarville is actually committed. It's not just Christian in name. And so we drove the eight hours out here, and in the car he was like, unless something's really bad, I'm coming here. And so he came here, and that's the first time I met Cedarville. And I still wanted to look at other colleges around the area, just other Christian colleges in film, um, see what other ones looked like. But coming mm -hmm. here, it was really a difference in the campus. You came here and you could see that people were really having a good time and interacting with each other. And it was about the community and about the academics. And that really stood out to me. No regrets. Absolutely not. No. That's good to hear. So let's shift the conversation to Professor Sean O'Connor. I know just from following you a little bit, we've known each other maybe three years. Mm -hmm. You like movies. You like telling stories through video. How did this interest in movies and film first develop within you? Sure. I think uh, it's probably the same for a lot of my students as, as well. Just It starts as a hobby in high school, just playing around with a camcorder and making videos at school or church or whatever it is, and uh, then realizing that you can study film in school and get a degree and get a job and make it a career. And so that was something that I uh, pursued. I, I have my degree in film from Asbury University in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. And midway through my undergrad experience, got to go on a mission trip to Latin America where I was doing some video work as well. And the Lord used that as sort of a catalyst to start thinking about media as ministry. And so in the years following that, that was about 10 years ago, I uh, finished, finished school and, and was a full-time freelance videographer and video editor in the Cleveland area for several years, working with a lot of churches and ministries right. and organizations, uh, served briefly at a ministry in Cleveland called Truth for Life with Alistair Begg, which is where I met my wife. And that was, that was a time of development for me. And during that time, finished my uh, terminal degree uh, with the intention of teaching at some point. Didn't expect that opportunity to come so soon, but I'm, I'm very grateful. And being at Cedarville has been great to work with students, which I really enjoy, but also continue as uh, all of our faculty do in the field as freelancers or whatever that that is. Well, you are a gifted communicator. When you have an interest like you do, making movies, films, telling stories through video, and be able to articulate that in a way that the students can understand, mm -hmm. that's a win-win situation. So with that in mind... I know I hear you occasionally with my friend Brian Dolan with Moody Radio in Cleveland. Right. And when you're on his program, you're often evaluating movies that have recently come out. You, you go to a lot of movies, as I said. Um, too many, probably. Probably too many. Yeah, that's uh, right. but that's, no, I don't know. Uh, you go to a lot more than I do. But are you able to watch these movies from an enjoyment perspective? Or are you critiquing these movies because that's your training? It's taken me, I think, several years to really balance those two. Um, I think at first, as a primarily a video editor, I would evaluate movies like from certain technical aspects like that first, rather than story and character and what the, the movie's trying to communicate. I think like graduate school especially trained me to, to do both at once, which means, you know, you're, you're keeping track of a lot of things at once and uh, hopefully looking at the film very objectively. But uh, yeah, it's, it's taken time, and I really do think that it's helped not only my appreciation for films, 
but also how I, I look at student projects and be able to, you know, really spend intentional time once they've turned something in, looking at it, taking notes, putting like my own personal preferences aside in terms of, of uh, technical aspects and, and knowing what they want to say with their, their projects. And I think the further along a student goes as they study film at Cedarville, uh, which they can do in our broadcasting and digital media and journalism major, that's a right. concentration. Um, the further they go, the more creative they can be in the kind of uh, projects they're creating, narrative films or documentaries or whatever yeah. that is. So uh, a little off grid here. What do you think is the best movie you've ever watched? Well, okay. So my my favorite movie is a movie from 1957 called 12 Angry Men based on the play. I actually have my students watching that in the video editing class I teach in the fall, just right. about uh, how shots cut together and what that says about the characters in that story. Mm -hmm. Best film of all time, I would still say, is Citizen Kane. I know that's a cliched answer, but I, I do stand by that. And you're, I, you're the expert. Go ahead, Elizabeth. I wanted to add to that it is hard to watch movies within without watching it with an eye of production and not just seeing mm -hmm. the whole story after you make enough movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you watch a movie and really enjoy it. Yeah. You see all the little things. There, yeah. there are actually things in professional movies that aren't that well done. Sometimes it's not that so much as you see, oh, this was the part that was added in post-processing, and this was the sure. part that they had to do a lot of pre-production <laughs> yeah. on, and this was the part yeah. that the actors did really well on, and you just see all yeah. the It really the lifts the veil of yeah. like, you know, suspension of disbelief. But I mean, I think for us as we create projects like that, that's helpful, you know, just to know the behind the scenes right. and yeah. what can go wrong because a lot of things can go wrong on a film. Okay. So I'm a novice and I'm sure our listeners are a novice. So Elizabeth, what are some signs that you can articulate that we'd understand that tells you they did this in post-production or whatever that they've had to do a lot of editing? Yeah, I think... Part of that is just knowing what to look for. So looking for things that, oh, that might have been green screen because they probably weren't actually there. Okay. Little things like that. When you're watching a movie, things that stand out as well could be continuity. We talk a lot about that in class where the necklace might be down right okay. on her chest and then the next scene it's skewed oh. over the side and that should have been like one second later. And you start to notice all those little things because you have to notice them in your own films. Wow. This brings me to Elizabeth. In hearing you talk... It sounds like we have a really strong major for people interested in digital media films. What sets Cedarville's program apart from others that you have looked at? I think it is, I think it's partly the well-roundedness of the major and in that you can study film, but you can also study audio or you can study journalism okay. and you tend to get a little bit of all those pieces. Um, for me, I would say more so I get audio and video. I haven't gone into the journalism side, but that can be really helpful because coming out of college, you could get a film job or you could say, I'm actually going to be a freelance videographer and you have those options because yeah. it's prepared you with different skills. Anything else that maybe uh, you want to add, Professor? Yeah. I mean, I, I was recently at a Christian media conference in Orlando and got to have some really beneficial conversations with other faculty at Christian universities with uh, similar programs, but many of them are like specifically film and cinema. And it's very focused on that aspect rather than our program, which is very broad and it gives students a lot of exposure to video and audio and radio and journalism and all these things. Um, and I know that certain people might have different opinions on how valuable that is. I look at it as, well, for one thing, somebody wants to be a film director, let's say, 
a good film director is able to look at every single part of the filmmaking process mm -hmm. and be able to communicate mm -hmm. intentionally with those crew members or cast or whoever that is. And so giving them a well-rounded view, like Elizabeth was saying, yeah. I think is important. But also for students that maybe want to go into narrative film or even not, giving them opportunities to do projects just beyond you know, short films with scripts and actors and do the kind of documentary work or promotional video work like we're talking about today, I think that can be great training ground as well yeah. to not only grow your skill set, but to uh, share God's work with people. Right. So going back to my question that I asked Elizabeth about, you know, like what sets Cedarville's program apart? Maybe some of our listeners won't understand this, but I, I know the alumni who are listening to this will understand it. As I listen to you, Professor, and you talk about your trade, your experience, and just your mannerisms, how you communicate. I think you're the you're the Jim Leitenheimer of video here at Cedarville University. And I hope you stay here a long time, just like Professor Leitenheimer, because I think you have a gift and uh, you're able to uh, articulate important information in a way that the students connect. So I, 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 I just observed that. Thank you very much. As I mentioned in the introduction, that Elizabeth won an award from the International Conference on Missions last year for her documentary, Power and Weakness, which was a class assignment. What was the story uh, that you were trying to tell through this documentary, Elizabeth? Yeah, so it was about a friend I met at our discipleship group. And through the discipleship group, I got to hear her testimony. And it was really cool to me, and it influenced me. And I really wanted to know more about it. That's kind of what sparked on the project um, it wasn't necessarily because I saw it going great places. I just wanted, I was, it was a personal curiosity. And so I recorded her and the story really came out about how, despite everything she had gone through, how God was faithful through that and ultimately used that for his good. And just how we should hold on in those difficult times because God's still working through that. And it's been cool to see that in my own life too, um, over the past year, year and a half now. So in this documentary, from your perspective, what are the most exciting parts of the film? It was an interesting production process. I ended up interviewing her in her dorm room, and that took, I think it must have been a 45-plus minute interview, but I may have had the stuff set up in a room for multiple hours. Yeah. And Which then, is normal. Okay. Yeah. But taking all that and condensing it down to a three-and-a-half-minute video takes a lot of time because most of those things that she says in that documentary are actually different conversations spliced up together in a an order that's more digestible for the viewer. That can be a long editing process, yeah. How, how long is the finished piece? Four and a half minutes or so? I think so? it's so, somewhere around there, yeah, four or five so minutes. So I have to believe, and maybe, Professor, you can talk on this. I would believe it's much more difficult to produce a four and a half minute, five minute video documentary than it is to produce a two-hour movie. Is that fair? Just because of you have so much content that you have to boil it down to really the main points. Is that a fair assessment or am I off? Well, I mean, certainly you're dealing with different amounts of resources to be sure. But speaking as an editor primarily, it is very tricky to take what could be 45-minute interview, two-hour interview, whatever it is. And I don't want to say distill it or, or condense it because it, it makes it sound like you're you know, watering it down, which you're not doing. But it does take time and it does take discernment to figure out what is the beginning, middle, and end of the story. What are statements made throughout that, like short sound bites that sum up a greater whole. And that can take hours, days, right. weeks. I mean, it, it really depends on the project. How long did it take you to, from start to finish, how long did it take you? 
I wish I had a good answer for this because people have asked me it and I should have kept a timer going hours and hours. I don't even know. Days? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you have all the pre-production part of it where you're even interviewing her. Like I had dinner with her one time just to get more about her story after the testimony. And then you have all the renting out gear and getting it to the dorm room. And actually, it was funny because I ended up having to stay overnight in the dorm room because I would have missed curfew. I couldn't get back to my dorm room. So all the little things like that, it just starts adding up. And then editing itself can take a very long time. Okay. Um, I, I will add, I'm, I'm trying to think of specifics because Mark Tucker, who works at our marketing department as a videographer, right. and he's been, he has been working on the flagship video for Cedarville that uh, prospective students see when they right. come and visit admissions where, you know, he's interviewed several students about their experience. He has all these different clips of campus life and classes and things like that. And I mean, that's, I don't know, dozens of hours of footage right. that he has to edit down to even a 10 minute video. And that took him what, at least a year probably to uh, go through yeah. probably several drafts of that. And that, again, that is normal and you yeah. need to take time and give yourself time to do those kind of projects. I had a friend who edited um, one of my previous projects this semester. It was narrative. So in some ways I already had the story planned out, but he thinks it took him about 30 hours and it was a Less than five minute mm -hmm. project, five minute project. So if that gives you a time frame for just how long just yeah. the editing can take. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you have the finished product and I assume you showed it to Aubrey. Yeah. How did she respond? Um, I sent her even a copy before I turned it in to make sure like it's this. Are you okay with this information going out? Because there were a sure. lot of parts that I left out and that, that is a lot of her story. But, you know, everyone's story has more layers to it. Uh, but I don't think any of us ever saw it going where it went. That was never, never any thought in my mind. It was okay. a class assignment. I think it went well. I was happy with how it turned out. It was cool to show it to other friends. But it's been just neat getting to know her uh, throughout all this. I've been keeping up with her. We're really good friends now. Good. And just to kind of share this journey with her and everything else going on in life, it's been really neat. So when you say neither of you envisioned it going where it went, I assume you're talking about the award. So, yeah. So was the award that you received that you were encouraged to nominate it to, was that a validation of all the hard work that you've done even before you started this process? But it, was that a validation of your, your good work? I think I'm going to say yes and no to this one. And I think it's a validation in a different way. I think it's a validation to say that I have made the right choices up to now and this is where God wants me. Mm -hmm. And he's, because I can see him continually use it in ways that it's like, I never would have thought that was how he was going to use it. And even something like the award making a project where even meeting Aubrey was something that sh ne not necessarily should have happened. Um, and then hearing her story and it influencing me and then me deciding to make the documentary and then uh, Professor O'Connor encouraging me to enter in the festival, like all these little steps is validation right. to see how God is working. Right. At the same time, every film is its own animal and to put together more films that match that level is its own special thing. That's hard. It's hard to live up to. Yeah. And it's hard to say, I don't know where God's going to take all my next projects, but we'll see. Well, we'll see. So, Professor, so mm -hmm. what did you see in this documentary that you thought it was worthy of nominating to this organization for an award? Yeah, I, I think for one, I want to give props to Aubrey for being very vulnerable in a video like this, sharing her testimony and, and you know, how, how the Lord's brought her through some discouraging seasons and dark places. And a big part of that is her story. But also... The funny thing is Elizabeth created this for like the beginner level video class that we have here at Cedarville. Okay. So like this was basically her first project and 
in that class, which is called video production, formerly called video technical training, and students are creating this like three to five minute documentary style kind of promotional video or interviewing somebody about their testimony like she did. And the goal is to create something that, you know, tells a story like that or promotes an event or an organization or something. And it's it's a very technically based class, which means, you know, they're learning how to uh, operate the camera and edit footage and mix sound and do lighting and all those things. And what we talk about in that class is the best kind of video production is invisible. It's like you can watch a film or a three-minute promo or something like that, and you forget the elements of the technical elements are done so well that you forget about them. That's that should always be the goal. And then hopefully the story also on its own is good enough that it stands right. on its own and that's what you're concerned right. about. And watching her video, I was like, overall, this is really solid, not just from a story perspective, but also from a, from a technical perspective. And I would love, and I've been praying for years since I first came to Cedarville in 2019, that there will be opportunities for students to not just do good work in their projects, but be able to take them outside of the classroom as well. And not just put them online on YouTube, you know, for people to see, but also compete and share them in student film festivals yeah. and competitions like that yeah. that do exist. And they are a way not only for them to share their work and even just, you know, share that Cedarville has a film program because, they, you know, in effect, they're doing that, but uh, to share what the Lord's doing in their life and other people's lives and how he's uh, grown us as, as storytellers and filmmakers. So all that to say, I saw her project was like, this has a shot. And I, at some point, I think I, I might have recommended a couple things, but then a few months later, I got this, you know, random email like I do about this international conference on missions. And for the first time, they're having this student film festival that's being sponsored by Redeem TV. And uh, here are the stipulations. And I forwarded it to her and I was like, submit Aubrey's video and just see what happens. Even if it's, even if nothing happens, I think it's worth it. Again, I mean, you never know with those things because some of those film festivals, they get, you know, hundreds or thousands of submissions potentially. But I thought there was a shot there and it was really encouraging for me to hear from her a couple months later that, right. hey, I got in. Yeah. So the mm -hmm. professor said that the, the storytelling was good, the technical part was good. What did you see once you were done? What did you take away as I did this well or this was this is a good effort? Yeah, I think the storytelling was the big thing. Because even with the technical details, I can still see all the little things. Again, like you watch something and you still see all the little mm -hmm. things that could have been done a little bit better. But I think the story came together really well. I loved how the interview was lit. Um, it was really a pretty thing visually, too. And that was encouraging. So for our listeners who obviously have not seen the documentary, is there a place where they can go and see a power and weakness uh, for themselves? Yeah, it will be on Redeem TV. I think it has been it's, there since probably October, November yeah. right, of 2022. It's going to, from November, it's going to stay on there for six months. So wherever that So just, just Google Redeem yeah. TV and they should yes. be able to find it? Yeah, Power and Weakness Redeem TV. Google and that is, and you'll probably find it very yeah. easily. But okay. it's free. It's, it's a free, free streaming service. Yeah, you, you create a free account and Redeem TV is a solid faith-based streaming service yeah. and that and many other films are on there. So in the introduction, I mentioned that uh, Elizabeth's a sophomore. Uh, so you have a few more years yet to study here at Cedarville under Professor O'Connor and others. Um, but have you given any thought to what will come next after you graduate? What, what's, your, what's your aspirations after Cedarville University? 
I would like to get into documentary or film. That's kind of the big aspiration. I'm not sure if that's where I'm actually going to end up. So just looking forward and looking for opportunities to do videography for people or to be involved with the filmmaking process and seeing where that all leads after graduation. But I definitely want to make videos some way. Do you have a, a passion for telling stories in the faith that encourage people or you really don't care just as long as you're producing quality film work? For me, part of the reason that I got into this major and to this idea of a career was because I would watch movies and see all the content in them and just want the good story without all the the bad stuff in it. And so for me, making movies or documentaries would be something that maybe whole families could digest or that the yeah. story is beneficial to people in the yeah. long run. Yeah. So, Professor, what have you seen in Elizabeth's short time with you in class that offers hope or gives you hope that she has a successful opportunities or could have successful opportunities in filmmaking post-college? Right. Well, I think it goes beyond just technical expertise. And I, I would say this for several of our students in the, in the program is that, and we talk about this in class, there is a huge relational aspect to video production as well. And you're dealing potentially with a lot of different people on screen or behind the camera or in editing in whatever that is. And being able to not only communicate your vision to those people, but building God honoring relationships with them and uh, relationships of trust with them is really, really crucial um, because I, I know, and maybe we've seen examples of, you know, filmmakers who made really great work, but were jerks in the process including maybe those who made faith-based content. It's very, it's, it's easy to, you know, use filmmaking as, uh, you know, the ends justify the means and therefore we can treat people however, however we want. Right. But uh, I mean, in our department of communication overall, we value collaboration, we value integrity and to be able to see students managing their time in a way that glorifies God, but also respects other students and others around them who are helping them with their films or audio projects or whatever that is. That's really encouraging. And I see that in Elizabeth and I see that in so many of our students and I'm really proud of them. Yeah, it's neat to see the community because it is a smaller major. You get to know your students really well and you get to know their strengths and their weaknesses. And um, my roommate pointed out recently, they're very down to earth people and it's really cool yeah. to hang out with them and make projects with them because you all can just enjoy the process and all the crazy that comes within all the fun and yeah. really have a good time. I think communication people are really cool. And uh, being a communications major myself, I, mm. I can endorse that. But uh, I'm the exception to the rule. <laughs> you know, I'm not the cool one. But guys, I want to really thank you for joining me today on the podcast. One final question to Professor O'Connor. And how do you see the success that Elizabeth has already generated with this award and maybe others that we haven't talked about? How do you see these awards and this, these accomplishments benefiting the School of Communication? I mean, again, I would love to see students see what Elizabeth's done and not just aspire to the technical level, but also say, okay, if, if my project is done well, there's a chance that it can go beyond the classroom and compete in these festivals or competitions or whatever. And again, I, I think it's important for students to think about those things, not solely as a means of furthering their careers, if that makes sense, because yeah. it's very easy to, you know, have 
an ego about be self absorbed, point at ourselves and say, "Look at me, look what I did." Instead of saying, "Look what God has done in my life, look what God's done in in this person's life," and uh, I think that is a priority for me that I hope students are thinking about. But also, you know, beyond just sharing their work, just making people aware that you know there are opportunities for students to study video production and get that kind of degree at Cedarville and network with professionals along the way and yeah. get internship opportunities and jobs. And um, I'd love to see this program grow as, as long as I'm here to, to help in, in any way that he, he would have me do so. And hopefully uh, our students and our faculty and staff are, are maintaining humility along the way. Yeah. Well, um, our time is up. Uh, I enjoyed the conversation with you, Elizabeth, and Professor Sean O'Connor. I encourage our listeners to check out Redeem TV to watch the the documentary Power and Weakness. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. And um, as you can tell, we have a great communication department here at Cedarville University. So if you know any students who want to get a Christ-centered education in the communication area, I encourage you to check out Cedarville at cedarville.edu. It's worth your time. So Thanks again for joining me this week on the Cedarville Stories podcast. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by today's episode, share it with a friend. Please rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And connect with us at Cedarville on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another inspiring Cedarville story for God's glory. Cedarville.